The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 3,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 100 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder, James Boyd came to give them life. The Blackest Wrestling Podcast has come to kick all life. And drop it six feet if they kick it trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in, that's on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rude. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered. Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it. Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five. Before you hit it, talk, bob your head side to side. This One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning. It's Rich, and I'm here with James. It's time to listen to One Nation. The power of the This is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. February 24th edition of One Nation Radio. I am your host, Rich Ladder, of course, here with my co-host, James Boyd. James, what's going on, man? Not too much. Um, just happy to know that Oscar is alive and safe. That's all. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I forgot about that, you know. Um, yeah, man. So uh, another week here on One Nation Radio on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Thank you guys for always tuning in and rocking with us here and everything like that. And uh, we were just going down this long rabbit hole about talking about the devolution of rap production uh throughout this decade essentially where where we started and where and i don't say that pejoratively it is it, just hey, like okay. uh you know how we went from lex luger which is like just this epic shit right just and then now um i was listening to the the gonna drip or drown uh three or Dripper John uh-huh. 2, and just seeing how, how sparse some of the stuff was. So it's just like, you know, different things like that. Yeah. And, I mean, it ain't, it wasn't just Luger either. Like, it was like, you know, Jalil Beats and um, T Midas and, you know, a few other people that were just, like, very prominent as far as, like, helping guys get off the ground in that early, 2000, early teens or whatever else. And now there's, like, T minus has retired and came back for middle child. Like, you know, it's kind of weird. <laughs> and he, and he did Kevin's heart on the J Cole album. So, okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Another one who needs to mention on that is, uh, your boy, um, cardiac. Right. Yeah. He's, he's, he's in that Where is he? Too, like beat bully. And yeah. Yeah. Just, just making, making hard shit. It's just still hard. It's just like different now, yeah. but scoop Deville. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Bunch of folks. 
Uh, but yeah, man, uh, make sure everyone here, if you're checking this show, I'll make sure you guys are rating and reviewing all of our shows here on iTunes, Podbean, wherever you listen to us. Also tell your friends about the social suplex podcast network. Make sure you guys check out our friends at powerslam.tv. The link will be in the annotation if I can actually remember to do it. Um, so I've been, I've been putting this thing without the annotation, but y'all know what it is. Uh, if, if you scroll down the feed, it'll be on someone's. If you guys are fans of independent wrestling, which many of you are, uh, they have over 4,000 thousand hours of footage from all around the world use the code social suplex to get your free month's trial uh make sure you visit us over on pro wrestling tees pro wrestling slash social suplex shout out to dan coffin for ordering a one nation radio shirt um i also mine should be coming shortly uh and everyone else has shirts up there as well they got the keeping it strong style we got the social suplex podcast network got the ricky and clive wrestling show one so uh, i can't wait for the uh the custom ricky t-shirts oh man <laughs> y'all picking favorites already that's what y'all doing uh, i i feel like ricky might have have some good um uh inside jokes that he'll put on a t-shirt okay like i remember i had mentioned in um in, in one of the group threads that i was going to get a, a keep it a strong style shirt oh my god i was gonna put on the back of it like either you know team either team jeremy or or uh or jurist nation or whatever else <laughs> and like i i noticed that you laughed at it. Jeremy laughed at it. Josh ain't saying a word. <laughs> Josh, Josh, <laughs> personally, so I, I was just playing. I, I, you know, I just I don't want no smoke with nobody. Yeah, you know? yep. Um, <laughs> yeah. Make sure also you guys check you know, out. You know, Josh will pull guard, so I don't want no smoke with that man. <laughs> you know, Josh watched the, the fake and the real fights, so. Uh, yeah, make sure you guys also visit the Patreon page, patreon.com slash One Nation Radio. We're four episodes deep into the road to 173-0. James, I recently, the last episode, we talked about Brad Armstrong. We talked about Ming, and we talk, had Yuji Nagata on there. So it was it was really interesting there. Uh, if you guys want to check that out, head over to our $5 tier. We've also got um, our Sidelined episode for uh, Elimination Chamber. That will be the exclusive home of Sidelined. Uh, that would usually add like you know another 10 to 20 minutes onto the normal show. Uh, and make sure you guys check out the uh, rest of the shows here on the on excuse me on <laughs> the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Of course, One Nation Radio here on Sundays. Keeping it strong style, all things elite. Y'all make a Luke Wrestling Podcast. Grown men watch this shit and the Ricky and Clyde Wrestling Show. And coming in March, James's new show, NXT, then, now, and forever. Um, the show last week, I guess we had some problems with the audio where it didn't record the last like five minutes and it, it only uploaded you know th there was a whole nother part of the conversation so i believe the audio cut off at like 119 but it was like 130 and that was where james was actually explaining the concept of the show so <laughs> james if you want to tell everyone about the uh nxt then now and forever uh this would probably be a good time yeah um we're coming up on the five-year anniversary of or actually i think today or this weekend is actually five-year anniversary of wwe network being launched and um you know almost immediately after that they go into showcasing off nxt in a big way with you know the very first ever what we call now a takeover it was at that time it was a special event or whatever the hell they call it it was, um, it was called arrival yeah. um and you know on that match is the ladder match the main event between um adrian neville yep <laughs> and uh Bo Dallas for the NXT uh for the NXT title. Um you also had Paige versus Emma for the uh NXT women's title. Um and also along the way you have a, a great match and a part of a you know a set of matches between 
um, Cesaro, who was coming down, uh, who's coming down from, who's already on the main roster and came down to continue to do this feud with Sami Zayn, who turned into one of the um, cornerstone pieces in the five-year history of NXT. Um, and I, I thought about it, and I, I thought about how much I really enjoyed listening to Observer um, uh, F4W's um, uh, Brian and Vinny retro. Uh, and they, you know, they go back and, and rewatch uh, Raw and uh, and Nitro from 19 years ago. So I figured, coming up with a five-year anniversary, it'd be a perfect time to start a retro show for NXT and kind of track the and do uh, do a review show for five years ago NXT and also to. Uh, the current product uh, every week and um, kind of look at where some of the acts were five years ago in developmental, where they are now and kind of talk about like what they were doing on the show then, how they've kind of gotten better, how things kind of stagnated or, and also compared to what they're also doing the main roster and talk as well. So it's kind of, you know, not NSC such as NSC for me is such, it has a whole such place in my heart because I don't know if I'm even still watching WWE product without well NXT every week to try to save this. And, I don't, and uh, that's not I get SmackDown because SmackDown is good most weeks, but like Raw is such a chore that you know uh, that I kind of like as the week goes. Like Monday is like the worst after Mondays, and then Tuesdays it's a, it's a better feeling. And Wednesday I'm like, man, I can't wait till next week. And then I'm like, you dummy. <laughs> And then as soon as money comes, I'm like, oh, what am I, what am I, what am I thinking? But yeah, like I just, I uh, just want to show some appreciation and um, talk about you know some of the positive things that WWE does put on because honestly, everything they put on the network, it, like the stuff they do on the network is great compared to the by large, you know, Raw and sometimes SmackDown. So um, I, I, I kind of want to point out the things that I think. Uh, the things that I'm positive about to kind of keep my sanity and kind of get, get a chance to blurt it out because, you know, we do this show weekly um, and, you know, NXT will fall a lot of times falls through the, the cracks or whatever else compared to like, you know, when I'm blowing y'all up while watching NXT at, at uh, eight o'clock in the morning or eight o'clock at night on Wednesday, talking about how awesome stuff is like, Oh my God, Ky- Kyrie Sane just gave the pirate hat to Izzy. This is the greatest thing ever. <laughs> you know? So, uh, so, or like, oh my God! Like, uh, Keith Lee just knocked, just knocked out Cassius on cold, and now you got you know the street problems out there mocking him, and it's hilarious. Like, so yeah. I kind of want to talk about you know uh, that. So you know that's what we'll be doing on um, NXT then now forever, and I'll have a co a, a rotation of uh, co hosts coming in and out through. So, I'm, I'm, I think that uh, I think there might be somebody, uh, a few people that might want to do it. I don't know. We'll see. So just for the record, I'm not banned from the show, right? Uh, I didn't think you were. <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about. No, I, I, I don't want them to think we're running this uh, elaborate breakup angle. So, oh god, you know. no, 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 no! I'll still be on the show, or whatever. Like, you know, so you're, you, is, is this I, out? Is this outcast? Like, and I heard voices oh, wrestling, god. like making the same same show. You know, is, is this the love below, nigga? Like, is this what you doing? <laughs> I can tell you this right now. Uh, if, I, if, I, if this makes me down to 3,000 doing weird shit by doing NXT, then like, I can tell you right now, like, they asked me to do the Super Bowl halftime show. I'm damn well doing it. <laughs> I'm not turning it down. So, so yeah, like, uh, but no, nah, like, it's just, uh, I, I mean, unless you, unless you got something to tell the people, like, I, I thought we I thought we were good. Yeah, no, nah, we, we we good. Yeah, so check this out. Uh, in the messages, and yeah, this man, Kirby, has bought the WWE 2K19 game and sent it to the group thread. Uh, oh, like, who 
was trying to get this work and i was like i actually don't own it because i've gone on record and talked about like how much this game uh it has has just been just a retread over the years and i was like i'm just not buying it this year as right. soon as Kirby was like, uh, who's trying to get this word? I was like, I'll go get it. Like, just, 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 just to fight him. Like, Fine, let's have more of my money. Yes. God damn. So, um, anyway, uh, yeah, man. So, we got a lot to talk about uh, this week and all that. So, uh, James, when was that show? Uh, when was the first episode dropping? Oh, um, March 1st. March Friday. 1st. Friday. All right. So, um, the biggest story in WWE, probably wrestling world uh, this week, Roman Reigns will be returning to Monday Night Raw to give some type of speech on his health status. Um, and they announced it, what was that, Wednesday, maybe? Wednesday or Thursday, yeah. Wednesday or Thursday, so uh, Stan Twitter freaked out. And, uh, you know, the the Roman Empire uh, had a great, grand old time on, on the uh, internet. I was very happy uh, to see, you know, him back. And hopefully this he's beat this shit and uh, he can come back to WWE. Like it, I was um, like scrolling through the timeline. Vince McMahon sent the tweet out. Essentially, he's going to be um, having, you know, the, the speech. They talked about him going to Good Morning America the following morning. So uh, it seems like it's good news on deck. I mean, yeah, like, you know, how, how I mean, Remember the decision, and people were like, "He's not going to break up with Cleveland on like on national television in front of like th- millions of people, right?" It's like Roman Reigns is going to tell us he's going to fucking die, or like <laughs> you know, like, I he hope not. Go, he's not going to like come out here and tell us like in two in a two part special like how he's going to die on us. I know, like I, I seriously doubt. It. At least I hope not. Jesus, but yeah, man, I, I I hope that he's healthy and like I don't care about anything else, like. Hopefully he's healthy, and then like you know whatever else after that is whatever else after that. We can go from there after. Now, do we have to talk about? Of course, all, all the, the stuff. The, re- okay. the return of the trash discourse all around, <laughs> all around on Twitter. Uh, I've I've largely uh, I, I think I sent out one tweet, uh, all caps Roman back and left it alone but uh many others have not followed my lead uh because we a we don't know what's happening (laughs) actually with with him um and b you know i i am a person that likes to like be in front of things but literally there's nothing to be in front of because we haven't actually heard from this dude or got updates about anything except he did a movie um you know during this time and he was on nickelodeon or something like that besides (laughs) that you know, there's been a lot of like, you know, just everything out there. Yeah. Uh, Rich, I want to remind you of a conversation, man, you had, you may have two, two, one or two conversations regarding this topic. And I remember saying to you that if, and when Roman comes back, just like, like the week that they, they announced us that he, you know, he's going to go, you know, fight for his life. Yeah. I remember saying to you, like, I, you know, I'm already, uh, it hasn't even happened yet, but I am already tired of whenever he eventually does, or if he, if and when he does come back, the people that are going to come out the woodwork to talk about how X, Y, and Z was a work, it was fake, and this, that, and the third, and then the people that, you know, and then the people have to, def- that, you know, that are in the right have to go immediately, like, shout out how they're right and how people are fucking, you know, the scum of the earth. And... <laughs> 
I'm, and sure enough, it's already happened. Like the second I heard that he's coming back, I was like, oh no. And sure enough, it, it happened everywhere. And people were people already talking about how whether or not, you know, people think this shit is a work and have to discuss how people online are talking about how it's a work and there is and you know, dunking on people like, that dude, that like, ain't even there. Like it's just like, like just doing it for, yeah. for all the likes, all the all the everything. Yeah. And, and, yeah, and that's like from from every angle. Like it's like yeah. So then, like, you have those, and so then, like, that sets off the people that are, you know, um, uh, the the pro-Roman the pro people and the, you know, the, the WWE apologists, and then that, that lets them to where, like, anything that even approaches, or not, not even things that approach, anything that's, like, even uh, any bit of, like, questioning, you know, the, the method or how they decide to come about it is immediately getting, you know, getting jumped on, so... That's where you get the Melser thing, where Melser speculates about like, or Melser is ta- thinking out loud about like, hey man, like, it's great that he's back. He absolutely sat on the front end. And I may have, he may have even sat on the back end. Like, it's great that he's, that he appears to be healthy and back. And then he starts about like, you know, like if this was any other thing aside from this carny shit, yep. <laughs> um, they would get people would look at him like, hey man, like, why are you? why are you trying to use him for ratings or whatever else? Like, can't you just tell people like where he stands or whatever else and go from there? Like, why does everything, everything have to be a fucking angle or, or something to try to boost the ratings? So then like, because there's such a, uh, there's such a, you know, game of telephone going on between the people that don't listen, that don't, that don't want anything to do with any of the, you know, leaking of, of results and plans, all that shit. Don't want that people that don't want to be the quote unquote, smart fan like when that shit gets back to them anyway they're just like it's always a game of telephone we're like that's not exactly what he said but this or well, they didn't actually or they didn't report this it was speculation so therefore and then it gets back to them and they have to be like what is what but they don't know because they want to stay away from that shit but it still finds them anyway so then they have to be so so, so that shit gets to them and it wasn't supposed to get them so they're they're rightfully i want they're not wrong for feeling upset about it but they just don't know and then it comes back to being this thing where like Oh, Melser, da 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 da, or Melser compared him to Roman Reigns or whatever else, and it's like, or or Melser, yeah, like Lacey Evans to Roman Reigns as far as his push in the future and looking where Roman Reigns has always been as far as in the ring compared to Lacey Evans. How the fuck can you say that? It's like, like that has nothing not, to that's do. Not, <laughs> or, or then comes to like, oh, so like you were, you know, you were, you know, you were speculating on like how does how the timeline for his you know his cash thing went or whatever else and that's reckless so therefore that means you must hate roman therefore you're talking about this so like you're just using that as you're you know you're basically using it as an excuse for whatever else is like dude i i don't, I, don't, I go on twitter to read the news feed like i rarely tweet and i because my news feed my news feed is polluted with this shit and i'm just like oh man like we were talking about like of course like how it's almost cliche to talk about how uh online discord or discourse is like it's toxic and trash yep. but it's like this is a, this is like this week's episode this of is the shining example of of this and i i yeah. saw like a lot of um comparisons thrown out there between the page situation uh the daniel bryan situation uh and this is like how wwe operates as a company they like to be secretive with these type of things uh in daniel bryan's case it wasn't exactly the same because they did announce that a he had to retire the first time and he would Mm -hmm. talk about it on raw and b uh when he was cleared they said daniel bryan has breaking he is cleared you will hear from him him tonight so that is a complete like you know fallacy anyone that's compared it to that situation um yeah but 
hopefully the dude is um <laughs> hopefully he's he's good and ready to go he's been you know he's been caught in some pictures you're muted james uh he's been um caught in some pictures uh at a personal training deal i guess in hawaii looked very huge and big and healthy and look, looks like he's ready to get at it yeah and that's all that matters like all the other shit like is just that other shit like Move that to the side and focus on the fact that, like, this dude that a lot of people care about and regardless of whether or not people felt the way about his wrestling career in one way or the other was was an important piece for the last decade of professional wrestling. And it looks like he's okay. Like, all the other shit is irrelevant. Fuck all the other stuff. Like, like, like when he comes back, potatoes. like when he comes back, feel free to boom like you like normally do. Because if they come out here half stepping, I will have no problem uh, uh, calling it out and, and telling y'all where it's all going wrong. But that has really nothing to do with like this dude's life, and it has like nothing to do with him. You know, basically, how do I say this? It has nothing to do with the cancer and everything like that be like take that like you're take the hostility that you know if you have hostility towards like how he's booked and everything like that save that for that because oh you'll get your chance like when they put him back on top you'll get your chance trust me <laughs> and, well, if, I mean, and, if they, and if they do it wrong which wwe they can do it wrong at you know at any point it's going to be there for you this is not the thing to trip over i feel like yeah, like, yeah, I tend to agree, like, or, uh, I mean, I do find it in poor taste that, like, they're, like, can he at least have a grace period where he's not getting booed, for fuck's sake, please, please, I please. Mean, I mean, if they, if they, <laughs> look, no, I'll no, tell no, you no, this. No, 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 I'm agree with you, like, look, let's say, like, look. Like if, if they if, if they, they commit they this ultimate six months they book him over six months like don't boo him but then like the second they start fucking up things up like yeah you can boo because like a lot of things when it comes to this with WWE is like when they get heat or whatever else it's not actually about the act like Baron Corbin doesn't have fucking heat he's he has go away heat yeah. he has why the fuck Vince are you putting this dude out here now waste our fucking time with this bad TV every single week heat or. Why is Lacey Evans about to get a why is Lacey fucking mega push. on my TV screen? Well, she doesn't have heat at all yet, but when she eventually gets heat, it's going to be the same old, same old. Like, this person ain't ready or good enough, and that's supposed to be their entire re- that's supposed to be the entire reason why you have heat. And that's supposed to, they're really good at pissing you off. It's, oh, they're, they're, in, they're mm-hmm. kind of incompetent, therefore, like, they should be off my TV screen. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... I just hope they don't put him in, uh, they just don't shoehorn him into the main event because that grace period you're talking about, James, will disappear if they put him in the, in the universal title match off rip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I I mean, I'm not even, let's, booking wise. But like, so there's like, you know, I, I just want to focus, I'm just happy, like, let's get to that when it gets there, right? Like, and, you know, keep out, be wary of it, be mindful of it, of whatever, if and when, in the possibilities, um, layout that it could happen to where that happens at WrestleMania, or if it could. But like, I, I'm just focused on Roman's back, and we definitely anything that resembles a fucking star on Raw, or anything that gets, and or anything that has Roman, anything that has him on there means there's less time for some of these fucking. 
people that have no Buffoons. business being um, given t- TV time. So, like, that means that the, the fact that there's more Roman means there's going to be less, or we think anyway, there's going to be less Corbin, Lashley, Elias. So, good. There, just, on there, that, look, just, just, on, just from that perspective, I'm, I'm over the moon that he's coming, that he may be coming back. There's some motherfuckers he can mow down right there. So, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I wouldn't be opposed to seeing him, like, whoop their ass at WrestleMania. Look, so, look, no, no heat neither. They don't know he, he whoops his ass. They whoop, he, he whoops their ass. And the next week, he whoops their ass. The next week, he whoops their ass. <laughs> then at pay per view, he whoops their ass and then moves on. Like, that's the whole look, thing. You want to get this dude, bro, the, the get wrong range. This is the easiest layup in the history of the company right mostly their whole fuck ass faction yes like if i was them i would literally line these i would line geek after geek up uh in front of him and just let him maul fuckers like when he when he comes back and then eventually you know by the time SummerSlam comes you know shoot him right back the fuck up like Be, look he, he look he beats the hell out of him he gives him a look he he let he gets caught off one time he, he shakes it off and he beats the hell out of him and he goes on to the next match like like, they, like they need to be done with like how they how they handled him before like like how they were booking his his matches and you know uh the joe matches the lesnar matches like just him no. being this underdog no. dude no man have this man fucking murder people like that that's that's what's gonna like get keep people into him and i'm saying it right now what's the date february 24th now <laughs> now you know we gonna we gonna uh we gonna see as, as they say yeah so, um so this weekend we also got some other news james uh fresh off the conrad and the liar podcast as james likes to term it bruce pritchard is back in a major capacity in wwe creative uh if any of you guys have frequented uh the podcast uh you would notice that bruce pritchard is a notorious liar and uh someone that doesn't really have a grasp of modern wrestling right now who i don't know what the value of his mind in 2019 is right now he has plenty of experience um what do you think when when you saw this news hit the timeline, James? When you saw it hit the group chat, I imagine oh. your reaction was like, "What?" It was a, it was just like a, a, a exasperation and an eye roll in um and the thought of like thinking about how where we are and part of the reason why we're in this problem is because they've been doing this fifty fifty booking um, for about a decade or maybe longer and. They, this motherfucker sat on his podcast and tried to justify Triple H beating Booker T at uh, WrestleMania nineteen. What did he say? What, what What did he say? I. It's been so long. I'll have to dig it okay, up. But. I, I, Jesus. <laughs> um. But yeah, I, it's just um. Like I think, like I thought about it, and I was like, you know what? It's at one point, one end is like you think of where the rest of pro wrestling is and you think about uh, the, the look for new ideas and fresh perspectives and, um, and things outside of WWE and like, he's been, he was a guy that was with the company from like for 20 fucking years and is now back. And, you know, you think of the people that, you know, that you think of or people that were responsible for most of your, from that era that you grew up, watching or, or even if you didn't grow up watching the stuff that you watch and some of the best stuff and you think of 
and what that stuff is tied to. And you think of normally like, you know, occasionally you hear about like some of the stuff, some of the crazy stuff off the wall, stuff that it worked was like, that was like, you know, one, that was like the top, that was like the, the 10% of the time where Rusev's or sorry, Rusev's, uh, where Russo's, you know, bad jumpers actually went in. Right. And then, <laughs> and then, but the rest of it is for the organization, the structure is it's, you know, it's, it's Pat Patterson. Is that, is Pat Patterson, Jerry, uh, or, uh, Jim Ross, Cornette, you know, uh, JJ Dillon at times, or, you know, or Brisk or Briscoe. And like that, you know, and then you also have Pritchard there. But you don't really hear much about Pritchard until this podcast, right? Um, and I'm not saying that doesn't mean he wasn't doing work, or whatever else. I'm sure he's, he's responsible for a lot of great things. He, but you hear that podcast, and you talk about, and, you know, when Conrad does the who booked this shit. And he's, he's like, huh, it wasn't Russo, it was me. All right. <coughs> oh, shit, the air balls. And, and yes, I had some home runs. Uh, but that was also 20 years ago. And like the only, for me, the only, um, the only positive I see on this is, is this is a person that knows how, to, that knows how to deal with Vince. And also that, Yes. Maybe he can yeah. teach other people how to deal with Vince. That that's my point. So okay. be able to get their ideas through to try to make it seem like it's Vince's idea and they can go with it. And then also him him being in an era where like they knew how to structure shows regardless of the length. They knew how to structure shows and not make it look like, oh yeah, we're gonna try to make we're gonna make this wraparound towards, you know, at the bottom of a of a segment to try to get you to tune back. We're gonna make that not look like fucking train wreck tv we're gonna make it look like something that makes you want to come back and watch us tune out because you're like what the fuck is that is it did they just go off book is this going rogue so like there are you know like if he brings some if he brings a structure to making these televisions the television shows better as far as their formats then that's a win just alone like now as far as booking decisions and creative decisions and um storylines and trying to and picking up and dropping stuff i don't think he's gonna help that at all yeah um <clears throat> It's crazy. Like the um, the whole thing with his podcast was he was never trying to go back to WWE or they'd never bring him back. Um, he, he played good soldier long enough to where he came back around the block. And, and you know, this is, you know, we had the firing of Arn Anderson over the weekend, supposedly uh, in the agent's position where he would basically he was he's been around since wcw closed right and he pretty much stopped and 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 i was you know told that the job of agents uh is essentially to lie to the wrestlers and sell sell them on storylines that suck rich where did you hear that story about about them trying to sell people on bad ideas from who who's that who did you hear that from dave no 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 you also heard from pritchard pritchard used to say that like pritchard you know you you have to sell the talent on ideas even if they weren't good or great because that's the play that's being called or whatever else. As opposed to your story about our Anderson and Anderson would hear like people would come back and be like, Arn, that fucking sucks. And he'd be like, Yep, but that's what you get paid for. At least so <laughs> one person's honest, another person is just a fucking you know, another person is just he'll do whatever because he ain't got no fucking soul. Or he sold it a long time ago. Yeah. And you see one's getting fired and the other one whatever else and we talk about you know with vince and the is it your heel to die on or whatever else they fired apparently they fired uh you know arn anderson over a something that happened at a house, house show. show yeah so they like you're not me, getting me, me to believe that like huh, as far as huh. like that shit's been coming meanwhile do you, you ever hear the reason why they actually fired uh or, or is less reason why they actually fired pritchard something with stephanie right 
Because he brought a fucking gun to work. Oh my god. Not to use it on nobody, because like apparently like um the uh is a hurricane in 08, uh the one in Houston, uh which is kind of the reason why uh Houston got people okay, so I can't remember the name of the uh, the 08 uh hurricane, but um is the reason why a lot of people did not leave this time around for the hurricane last year or two years ago. Uh-huh. Um because they People, it was bottlenecking on I-10, and they just getting, you know, and there's a lot of people that caught, got stuck on the road, so they, a lot of people end up staying because they, you know, realize like, either you have to leave early or don't leave at all. So, and it caused a lot of harm. So, he was he, he was displaced from that hurricane, and he was living with, I believe the, the word was he was living with JBL. And he didn't want to leave his fucking gun with JBL for some reason. So, he, <laughs> so he brought it to work. Not just to bring, just to have to have it, you know, somewhere else and you know, whatever else. And I'm gonna get this fucking storyline through today. Like, <laughs> yeah. So somebody found out about it, and then and Stephanie heard it, and she was like, "Did you bring your fucking gun to work?" And he was like, "Uh, I don't know what the response was, but more or less like he heard, he heard, you know, she found out it was talked about. It, she told him to go home, and then a week later he was fired. So compare that." Art, you know, he got artists got fired over a house show as a person that, you know, is reverable and everyone cares about and tells the truth, is a straight shooter, and preaches a fucking snake and a liar. It's amazing how this business <laughs> and, works. And he brought a fucking gun to work and they brought him back. And it's been great. It's been a decade, but it still brought this dude back to work after bringing a gun to work. That was a very successful podcast that him and uh, an entertaining podcast because as much as like he lied That's on it one. and everything like that, I I love I, I like I don't want to say I fell in love with Conrad's house, but I grew to respect like just how yes how like much he would just basically just stick it to uh, these fuckers and including like if you want more of that like the Eric Bischoff podcast he does is like even yeah. better for like the WCW stuff, um, but with it like Pritchard is kind of found a way to to rebuild himself in the public eye through this podcast is drawn all over the country and you know if you have that guy there maybe you have you, you get excited people that do like you know feel like they're on Pritchard's side or whatever right <laughs> maybe yeah. maybe I mean, you you feel excited about this possibly yeah, um, i mean it, it's a, it's a fds it's it's uh it's a lieutenant of of the of the wwe apologist coming back home right like yeah and also, like, don't get me wrong, like, if not for that podcast, a lot of stuff ain't, ain't doesn't hit the way it hits. Like, like, Cornette, or, uh, not Cornette, but, um, Jeff Jarrett, that little two-week run he had, or, yeah, like, four, or three-day, directly or, off yeah, the eight-day podcast. run he had, or whatever, that never happened by him. Like, him doing that, you know, singing the, the, the Jarrett song, and, like, him burying Jeff Jarrett's daddy at the same time. <laughs> like, a lot of these stories, like, he actually provided a lot of insight and things looking to like, you know, for me, like going back and cherry picking through his catalog after he already got running and like to go through, like, of course the first thing I went through was what first thing I went through was the screw job. Right. But like going through all that stuff and just hear another voice, someone that was actually there and had a first time accounting and like granted, like his accounting is always fucking, um, account or it goes through uh, a certain filter. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but it is, but it is good. To, it is good to hear some of these stories being retold or whatever, because like, and kind of like uh, as a place to be documented. Because you know, like it's it's one thing to go back on the net on the network, go through stuff, but like they don't give you a guide map on what to look for, or whatever else. Like, but when they do the fan voting for what if, what pay per views or what uh, you know uh, event happened or something that happened off screen to talk about or whatever else, 
Like it was cool too for them to vote for people to vote on what they wanted, and then like they kept rotation stuff going in, so like they wouldn't just burn through all the hot stuff. And then like they go through all the stuff, and then along the way, like get you dra- get you caught up in stuff that like maybe you weren't really checking for, but because they drop something you really want to hear every few weeks that you go through and listen through, like that was really helpful in uh, for the history of of, of wrestling because you know you have like uh you know the back to the territories within kayfabe commentary stuff with Cornette and. JJ Dillon or whoever else or, uh, or or even you know Bruno or whatever but it's cool to actually like have that in audio form and not the you know come out of pocket for it or whatever else they have someone to talk about it, regardless of how reliable it was or wasn't and then you also had Cornet or you also had uh Conrad with go- going through the observers over that over that time frame to kind of fat check or kind of lay out the the template of what was actually going down and then like it's always funny to me like where Conrad is going through all the stuff, all these observers, and <laughs> and Pritchard is is agreeing with the stuff that's written ninety percent of the time, eighty five percent of the time, and then you know out of that twenty times, the two or three times out of twenty times, he agree with the details and stuff going down. He goes, "See, that Melser guy, he's a fucking liar and bullshit." And fuck and, Dave Melser and, and, and all and that whole stuff. that whole like, movement that started. So, so you mean to tell me that he's accurate like eighty five percent of the time, but not, but not, but like the three, but the three times you have some, or you know, three out of twenty times you have an issue with it. Like then I'll say he's the biggest fucking liar in the world. It's like, okay, gotcha, makes sense, <laughs> cool. Like this is a common. Meanwhile, business. he, meanwhile he's, you know, it's like, look, say whatever you want to about about Meltzer or whatever else, but like it is funny to where it's like, even if you do think Meltzer's a bullshit artist, you have somebody that's backstage with uh, that that was. You know, this is right hand man or one of his right hand men for for all those years, for two decades, and like literally, like, yep, Mills is right, 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 Mills is wrong, Mills is right, 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 wrong, right, 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 wrong, right. So it's like, okay, well, gotcha. Yeah. Um, it, and this like Meltzer's always like kind of took the fuck Dave Meltzer thing in stride and said this is all yeah. entertainment this is a con right. and right. that's what Pritchard was doing it was a work y'all like <laughs> and, and, the, and the bad part was like he's talking about like you know about like it was, some of the stuff was like really personal but some, or it felt like it was personal on his end uh, with the Meltzer thing and then like was that that was in New Orleans? That was uh, Orlando when they Orlando. met up in person. Yeah, right? no, Orlando is like Orlando. Hmm, interesting, interesting. That like you want to like you're able to sit down and smile with this fucking guy that you quote unquote hate and you bury on air like all every like every single week and then like want to take it, one of those hand because you know he talks more people than you do right naturally as opposed to you being inside that fucking bubble for twenty years in and out of the bubble for twenty years and you know like. It's really is interesting. Yeah, I, I hope he has a clue on how to handle like the evolving landscape of wrestling. This may have been like a battle line. Uh, make sure that he doesn't fall into the hands of uh, competition. Uh, I I heard somebody mention that uh, maybe this is like like if Conrad wants to take Undertaker away from Vince, then Vince will take will take Richard from Conrad. Conrad. Yes, I I think I heard something like that too. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I imagine the response out of the AEW camp was like, oh, y'all picked him up? We wasn't looking for him no way, but yeah, go ahead. <laughs> but um, yeah, man, uh, speaking of, of AEW and, you know, different other 
ventures there were some releases in wwe this week some you knew were coming and some that we didn't know uh were was happening so um as we mentioned the arn anderson deal uh, a little bit earlier but Gone from WWE officially are Hideo Itami and Ty Dillinger. Ty Dillinger uh, wrote a uh, lengthy statement in kind of a new way for guys to ask for their release. Put the public pressure on the company. Uh, take it straight, essentially, to the world. Put it, Take it to the Summer Jam screen. Like, I, I want out this fucker. So Ty Dillinger was like, before the rumors begin to spread, let me set some things straight ahead of time. This evening, I requested my release from WWE. In the past five and a half years with them, I've seen and done some wonderful things. Things that I'm very proud of and will never forget. I have met and have unquestionably worked with some of the greatest talent on this earth, and the pleasure has all been mine. I feel at this time, this decision, as extremely difficult as it was, is what is best for myself and WWE. I wish to continue to grow as a performer and offer those paying hard-earned money to watch a show I'm performing on a little more of myself. To the male and female locker rooms, coaches and producers, to the ring and production crew, all the way up to the very top of WWE, and most of all, the fans, I wish you all the very best and thank you from the bottom of my heart for everything. And also, TJP was let go as well. Uh, supposedly, there was a disciplinary issue there. Uh, we haven't got the details on yet, but uh, Ty Dillinger and Dale, uh, as for their releases, uh, the the numbers keep growing ever since January 1st. Dudes, you know, people, these stories are coming out. Motherfuckers want their releases. They see the writing on the wall. And there was only so long Ty Dillinger was going to lie to the world on Twitter when everybody asked him, asking him, what are you doing? Where are you? Are you in catering? Like, and then <laughs> saying how much he loves his job and everything. There was only so long that was going to happen. Um, now, this guy's like, he's a, you know, he's been in the WWE system for like 12 years on and off, you know, going through different, into, you know, incarnations of developmental and finally, like, getting some type of a gimmick and then him get into the main roster and them fucking killing it like dead like oh, damn near immediately and that sucks for a dude because like the thing is it's like can you get over the guy got over right but apparently that doesn't mean something so you know like yeah. like you know everyone's not meant to be to get over like so because i imagine right. that you know with Dillinger, he has like a ceiling on you know what he what he could have been, but I I would think there's room for that dude. Like, but apparently Dillinger thought otherwise. It feels like he has more to offer to the business. Uh, what do you make of uh, the the Dillinger uh, release? Because that's kind of the shocking one here. TJP, you can kind of see like his actions on Twitter. Uh, from what I've been hearing is happening on 205 Live. He's like showing up with a goatee, gaining weight, uh, and you can see just from the uh, the outpour on social media where there was none for TJP. Like when, you know, Kenta came out and said he was going back or he was leaving WWE or whatever, all the people came out, I respect you, thank you, Kenta, posting these beautiful pictures of them. TJP not got a damn thing up there, so <laughs> that that speaks volumes. Uh, but as far as the Dillinger thing, what do you what do you make of that, James? Well, just just touch quickly on the Hideo Otami thing. It's like, well, Kenta, he was a legend before he ever got there, right? So... Like he was, he was legendary. He can't, can WWE. It didn't work out because he got injured a lot. And then, you know, uh, the idea of what NXT has changed over the last few years, 
uh, since he'd been there. Um, and then they never found a reason to, you know, they never figure out what to do with him. And, and there was never, it never seemed like it was the right spot for him. So, you know, he's gone. But as far as uh, the TJP thing, uh, I mean, he's not, he, he's not Kenta Kobayashi. Like, you know, it's, like, yeah. it's, it's fine. Right. Um, you can do much worse than not being Kenta. Uh, now, as far as Ty, it is kind of, um, Given that he we've, we we all believe him to be such a good utility player to be able to do anything like he can be a veteran that, that uh, helps helps you know some of the younger guys some of the young developmental talents um you know get better or or he could be somebody that could be thought of as a in ring coach you know someone that could go out there and work while being age while agenting or somebody and someone has a gimmick that was legitimately um that was legitimately a crowd pleaser and um, someone that actually can still you know was still a good hand in the ring. Like, yeah, you figure there's a spot for a guy and, you know, between raw SmackDown, NXT, NXT UK, NXT UK. And and, like, you figure that there would be a spot for him to help do something. And And he requested to go to NXT apparently, but it was, he was denied. That's my point. That's my point that like they saw they were, their idea was like, we're just going to keep you on the main roster, not doing shit forever. And it's like okay, um, I can see why he wanted out. And I mean, at least they gave, at least they let him go. Like you know, I imagine for a lot of other people, like uh, they've asked for their, they've, they've requested their releases, or um, they want to, but either they've already been told no, or they feel like their answer is going to be no, and they're going to be put on ice for the rest of their life. And the most they can do is just hope that they don't get hurt, um, so they don't get fro- their contract froze. Yeah. Um and you know that's that's kind of where I'm on the on the tie thing. Um like what, what was the last time we saw him smack that was it when he was doing the thing with our truth or was it when uh, Orton fucked him up? I think it was, was I think it was the deal with our truth when our truth was showing him how to get into the main event. Yes, trying believe. to show you how to scheme, right? Yeah. yeah. So Oh yeah, so speaking of speaking of uh, do we need to put an APB out and put him on back of milk carton? Yes, R-Truth won the United States Championship, and we have not seen him since. Seems yeah, like man. it was a waste. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, that bill could be on Andrade right now, and maybe it's still time for him, because he, I can imagine him just coming out and just having him just beat that man for the title. Um, they should, so like, that should be that, booked at Fastlane. That should be R-Truth and Andrade in a 10-minute match, and R-Truth comes out here and reminds us what he can do, but he ultimately puts over uh, Andrade. Yeah, but I, I, yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm just saying, like, as far as they're not making use of the fact that they changed the title, um, they didn't make use of the fact that, uh, you know, like we haven't seen Ray in what three weeks, yep. four weeks. Yeah, same thing. Like, there's a lot of guys that just come, like, especially on SmackDown, um, because they actually have talented people that don't just fucking get overexposed and murder and make you wish you weren't watching. Uh, but yeah, like there's a lot of guys just getting left off and, you know, you figure like, all right, well, look at raw, look at SmackDown. Maybe just maybe you move some of these people that can actually do something that proven that they actually can do something like to raw to help these other guys learn the ropes on how to get the fuck over or like not be a fucking drag every time you have to watch them. Yeah. Nope. And it's funny because I think um, when we did the LLP show, not for this week, but two weeks ago, I said, like, 
I don't care what the excuse is. It's fake. You talking about, talking about <laughs> people talking about booking themselves in the corners and this and this is the way they're doing this in the third. And, oh, this is after the Kevin Owens thing about like you don't know you can come into Raw or SmackDown. I said, look, man, you're right. This is bullshit. He got hurt. He was on Raw. He got hurt on Raw, and now he's gonna come back. He doesn't know where he's at. That just t- well, you know what that means? That means that this this shit is fake. So therefore. When Raw fucking sucks because these dudes can't cut the mustard in the words of X-Pac, yeah. then, then you need to move some shit around to make this show not be a fucking drag. And sure enough, it's funny. Week, they brought it in the NXT. Look, 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 hey, we, we know where the fuck Roman going to be when he come back. Why we don't know where Kevin Owens going to be when he comes yeah. back? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, but, e- but even, even, even with that point made, right? Like, you can bring R-Truth over there. You can bring... Ray over there or whoever else is like not doing anything on SmackDown because it's only two hours and like you kind of got that handled right now. Yeah. Like, like you mean tell me they couldn't use a Jeff Hardy like to help get over Elias or whatever or whoever whoever the fuck else like when Jeff is you know like the fourth baby face. Like you can move Orton's ass still- over. You can do yeah. Like-, like yeah. You're talking about like the heel because the heel side is so weak, right? It's like. Given how bad, how badly the Ambrose thing when they had to turn him back, they've turned him back face weekly, uh, very meekly in the last uh, two weeks. And then Corbin's the top, or Corbin and McIntyre, who they completely just, ugh. And Lashley, like, yeah, man, bring Randy Orton over there. Why can't he be the top heel on Raw right now? There's no reason why he couldn't. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so do you remember when um, TJP was on the Mount Rushmore of the all time dumb baby phases, James? Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Um,. I, uh, yeah, I, I saw you on Twitter talking about it <laughs> and it blocked, I had blocked out my memory, like about how fucking stupid that whole TJP and uh, Brian, Brian Kendrick. Kendrick thing was. That was like part of the initial murdering of 205 Live. Cause that was, I went back, right? I literally went into the, um, cause I remember I, I had lost my mind on the podcast, um, when it happened. So I went to the, the profile DB to try to figure out when that match was. Then I figured out it was a hell in a cell 2016. Then I went to the podcast for a review of the show and listened to it. And I was like, you know what? I thought I was really angry. Uh, I, I about, like I thought like I went nuts on that, on that thing that happened. And I thought about like compared to like the show we did two weeks ago, uh-huh. Like, that was like that was like a six or a seven compared to the ten. If that was what I did two weeks ago, was a ten. Like this show has made, like this show the last two years made me like exponentially more angry. So, um, but my, the point is still the same. Is like Brian Kendrick is a, is a number one contender for the uh, cruiserweight title. Yep. He's trying to he he goes backstage before the match at Hell in a Cell to tell TJP this might be my please, last shot. <laughs> this could be my last shot. Please lay down for me because I don't know if I'm getting another shot. Even though no one ever, nobody in management, or no one ever came to him and said anything about you. You know, yes. Y- y- next time you lose, you're done or any of that. Like you're a little wishy washy. We don't know if you if you're necessarily None keeping up the standard of late. Nothing. None of that. And then just a schemer. Then, right. And then they and then they proceed to go and have a match and then this fucking and then Brian Kendrick fakes an ankle injury and then this fuck and then the crowd literally groans yep and then the and then, cause everyone knew like it's a fucking it's, it's a fake act he's pretending he's, he's sandbagging it's and a walk he, but, all, but the only two people that don't know that don't realize what the fuck's going on are the ref 
TJP's dumbass. TJP goes see what's going on. He gets slapped with that captain's hook, and then he, and then he taps out or he passes. Out. I can't remember which one. And then, you know, like say what you want to Brian Kendrick. Brian Kendrick um, theme music works like it goes, uh, and his music starts playing, and they hand him the belt, and sure enough, he holds up the belt, and in in his the music, he goes, "I'm a man with a plan." And I was like, "What kind of fucking?" And I remember on the podcast saying it, and I re- listened to it as that. I was like, "What kind of fucking convoluted, circuitous plan was that? Ill thought, ill prepared, makes no sense." <laughs> just hope it works. <laughs> yeah, just hope you, just hope like, you catch this dumb ass slipping, and he did. It worked. Not like you know, not like I, you know, I'm going to play like I'm getting beat, and I'm going to play like I'm injured vet and I can't keep up and I'm going to get sympathy or whatever else or he's actually going to really lay down to me because I just guilt tripped him before the match it's like no we're going to have a regular ass match then at the and then at the, at the at the end of the match I'm just going to pretend like I have her ankle I'm going to sucker this damn dummy and I'm going to slap my move on him and choke him the fuck out and TJP right. never won back the uh, Cruiserweight Championship from that point so yeah, I remember comparing it to Lex Luthor's plot to try to get Batman and Superman to destroy each other in the Batman uh, versus Superman movie that was like critically panned as being like one of the worst movies that ever had such a uh, such a gigantic box office growth. Like it's it, it was one of those like it's just like your plan makes no fucking sense. This is a terrible story. I wanted to end. You killed the cruiserweight division. Like and it's funny, right? Because actually, uh, looking listen back to it, I actually said the same thing that I said about the NXT call ups. Uh, last week or on the LLP show, which is like, you can't bring up a bunch of people all together at once and try to get them over at the same time, which is what they were trying to do with the cruiserweight division. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, and then I remember saying, like I said at the time, like they didn't learn the lesson from what they did with the women when they brought in uh, Charlotte, Charlotte and Becky and Sasha all together at once. And they made it three factions of out of nine women. And they tried to push all nine women at the same time. Like they didn't learn the lessons from, that when it came to the cruiserweights and they don't learn lessons you know, and you look at what they did on monday night with uh with <laughs> diy and and alistair and ricochet and it's like they may not be learning that lesson either yeah like, they can't put them on the same shows all together like they got to split them on put them on different shows like they're doing they're putting uh uh Champa, uh, not Champa, uh, Gargano versus Cesaro on SmackDown. Like, either Aleister Black or Ricochet need to not be, be on, on SmackDown. Raw. They, like, they, they need, need to be, be on, on Raw and only Raw for this week or whatever. So they can, if they want to swap back or whatever else, need to miss a match, not have all three act or you know three acts of four people every like doing double duty on every single show. I'm just it's wondering not- why they can't assign these motherfuckers like somewhere. Like, uh, it's just like it reeks of them like not. Like, how are these people ever going to get put in any storylines? They're not because they can't culminate anywhere. Right, and I, 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 I see it as it's the idea of all right. Well, normally we have some g- big gigantic person or dominant person. They just squash a bunch of people. Yep. Until it's time for them to actually like do something. Like you squash people for for months on end. Like you remember, like after they did the brand split, they had Nia Jax and Braun on Raw, and they were both just pummeling jobbers for months until it was time to get dropped into something. And in this case of Braun, like, like he was doing that for the, that whole fall and winter until it was time for uh, the Sami Zayn stuff. And then from the Sami Zayn stuff, it transitioned into the Roman stuff. And Sami Zayn on Reigns got that man over to a star in the span of, you know, six months, roughly, right? Um, well, 
I think their idea is they need to pick up some wins, but we don't have enough roster, enough people that are actually like it matters that they beat these people over the next you know x amount of time if we just put them on raw or smackdown so we'll make it a collaborative effort to have them just basically be people for a certain amount of time so they have credibility and they're actually over and people actually you know know what their finishes are and whatnot and then we'll throw them into a feud or whatever else or you know or maybe they just they're just here just for you know they're here for one week and then they're gone for you know whenever they do the tapings and then they come back from next week or whatever so they're here like three weeks out of the month or whatever until they you know, figure out what happens after. Hopefully, the brand split um, solves all this. Yeah, the yeah. the shake yeah. up. So what I'm thinking is like this is like what they're doing right now with them for the time being is like their quote unquote squash opportunity. Like they're just here and they're picking up wins over some people that have some type of name credibility with the crap with the fan base, fan bases until it's time to actually like implement them into something. Like I would love for them to actually do something do something with any of them come WrestleMania, but like. Knowing their history, I don't see them. Well, I don't see any of these people having a match. And, and then you think yeah. about the last set of call ups that they came up with this same strategy uh, of putting them on both shows. We've seen them do losses and everything like that. The second um, this crop of guys starts losing, it's going to feel really bad. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So, but at least um, you had mentioned something well, about an invasion, James. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't say anything about invasion. I said something about a takeover. Oh, takeover. So, Sorry. Yeah, so um, they brought the four. So you think about uh, you hear you hear word that like WWE really thought that they were going to get. They really thought that they were going to land Cody and Kenny and and the Young Bucks. And you know, you hear the reports from um, or you hear the talk about the talks of that that they had with Triple H and and the Young Bucks about saying like what the plans were for them. And they had, you know, six, legitimately six months with the storyline, and they were going to they were going to get pushed to WrestleMania, and and all that and all that jazz, and like they actually was plans for them. Well, you look at it, all right, Ricochet, Kenny, Cody, Alistair, DIY, Young Bucks, and you think that like you know if that was a plan to have the men fall, like there was going to be some type of invasion angle of some sort. They weren't just going to bring them all together and not act like they weren't actually like connected in some way. So the connections NXT, they all come in and they get wins and they get 50, 50 immediately. They came in and they got a week full of worth of wins. They got, they came in at a certain level on raw and on SmackDown, they were more over than they were a day later. <laughs> right. Yeah. So you assume like if they keep getting these wins on TV, like in, you know, Johnny has alluded to it backstage, like on Monday and also on, Tuesday and uh, along with Champa, that like you know we're here for a reason, and then and then the next week he was like, or the next day it was like you know we're here to take over, and like you know another and you're tired of hearing about invasions. It's like it's not look, it's not an invasion, it's a takeover. <laughs> so, <laughs> so so like in theory that could be where they're going. Like do I think that's what they're going to ultimately do? Um, I don't think so because those guys are, I mean Ricochet and Champa and and got Johnny are awfully small. Um, but I don't I don't think, you know, if you're just gonna have them get wins over guys regardless of size, like Alistair beat up out beat up Elias and that's a big dude. Um DIY beat up um or they beat uh the bar, which is like the biggest ta- you know, the tallest tag team they have. And so like we're kinda already over that. Like yeah. that barrier where Vince is, you know, stuck on size, like you gotta kind of throw it to the side when, like, you know, you look at the top stars and it's like, 
aside from Roman on the men's side anyway, aside from like Roman and Strowman, like all their top guys are smaller guys. Like Brian's small, a smaller guy. Edge is a smaller guy. Seth is like a is like a smaller than like the he's like the Shawn Michael size, which is still kind he's of like deceptive. Small. Like <laughs> yeah, like he's like he's in that. I want to like you know like we, when we grew up like. We were going to like the small guys were, you know, quote unquote Brett. Yeah. In, you Jericho. Know, and like Benoit. You know, yeah. And, you know, and Sting when he doesn't have a, a, a tan, right? Um, <laughs> so, so, like, you know, and Sean was a size below that. But, like, you know, now that's kind of changed. Like, Sean is kind of like where Seth is in the area. Like, so he's still a smaller, a small guy. He's not like, he's a normal sized human being as opposed to, he has to be 6'4 and 260 pounds of solid muscle to even get Vince to, to even want to push you. Like, so that, that's kind of changed. So that always like, helps, I though. Think, yeah, right. So I think that's kind of, you know, like, you can try to push these tall guys, but like, look where Strowman's got you. I mean, another Strowman. Like, look where Corbin's got you on 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 Raw. Look where uh, Lash has gotten you on Raw. Look where uh, McIntyre. Look where McIntyre was six, seven weeks ago compared to where he is now. That you start beating him and you start putting him next to these these fucking guys and ain't no they ain't worth a damn right now. Yeah. Right. So, you know, you damaged the entire brand. Like, what's what you gonna do? Like, make it worse by making small guys go over? No. Like. They get themselves over based on how good they work and how much fire they have, and like, and they already have credibility with your hardcores, the people that bitch about about shit the most. Then chances are they have the best chance to see, as opposed to, you know, um, the fuck, <laughs> like the fucking uh, the gi- I don't know what you call them, like a, like the the natural disasters. Was that name of the typhoon and the earthquake? Yes, it was. Yeah, like natural disaster slash. Uh, the bushwhackers that are de- or, uh, heavy, machinery. heavy machinery or Lacey Evans, which is like, I don't know what the fuck that is. EC3 who don't talk, even though like he's not a good wrestler. And the only thing, reason why you would even hire him is because he's such a good talker, which is like, okay, so he's going to be dead if you don't want to talk. And then motherfucker uh, who's somewhere roaming the, the Rocky Mountains just in hiding. Uh, <laughs> Lars. So, uh, yeah. Lars, so it's like, like that Those, ain't gonna get over. Like, yeah. and then Nikki, who you've yo, and Nikki Cross, who you yo yo twice already. She's she was a face, she was a heel, and she's a face again already. So it's like and doing jobs. That, that means you don't. You I mean they only got no plans for her anyway. If y'all are doing that already, so it was like, all right, well, it's funny. She's got yeah. no, she's gotten over like way more than Lacey Evans. Absolutely. So you wanna know why? Because she's better at professional wrestling at this stage. <laughs> like it's not a fucking shock. Like, <laughs> like it's so, yeah, like it's so funny how right you look at. And I, I will talk about this during um. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about this uh as as I start up the the NSC then now forever podcast and you track like the progress of someone like Charlotte right. <clears throat> and you look at like the first match we ever saw Charlotte was that second takeover between uh for the vacated uh, women's title between her and Natty who went down there uh to help along with TJ and Cesaro or sorry Tyson Kidd and Cesaro and. Yeah, um, like you look at where she started out, and she had that blow. She had that match, and just like, wait a second, we don't normally get this out of any women's vision. Like, who, wait, that's it's Rick Flair's daughter. Holy shit, she's six, she's like five ten, and and look, oh my god, like she's gonna be like a Brock Lesnar type person, right? We thought she could be like female Brock Lesnar. She's gonna be like this gigantic, like she's this great athlete. She's she doesn't, you know, she doesn't. She's really young, but like, you know, she's gonna get there. Look at her athletic ability. Look what she's already doing, right? And then you fast forward to where she is now. We're like, 
she's like she's one of the very best workers in the entire company bar none regardless of gender she's absolutely elite in that in that sense and you see Lacey Evans and you see the tool for her. like you see the height you see the 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 physique uh you see she has the look that WWE goes for nudge nudge reach wink yellow hair um like she's somebody that in a sense of before NXT changed or whatever spot or at changed at point, like she's somebody that should absolutely be somebody that is still in, a, in a NXT down there getting three matches a week and getting better progressively as opposed to what she's doing right now, which is like they ain't gonna do none for her. Yeah, yeah, it's just gonna like create like soon as all these uh, these plans leak, like it ain't gonna be good for her. I think. Uh, I think I saw Clive saying like, "What chance does she stand now with that out out there on her now?" And unless the chances like Dana Brooke had, yeah, yeah. And uh, I remember you telling me like when before Dana Brooke got hurt on NXT, she actually looked like she had some. Yeah. And for me, it's like I see, I see, I see that Lacey Evans is a very good athlete, so I'm not gonna count her out. But it's more or less I'm thinking of like they're giving her. So, it's such a disservice it's of too what, much too soon where they're, where they're sliding her that like i don't know if she'll be able to overcome it and if she ever overcomes it it might be too late mm-hmm. you know and that's the thing with when it comes to booking and and you know talent development all the other stuff is like but oh, man the only person y'all have developed in nxt over the last like two three years is like velveteen yeah and it's like if this was development Develop a, a real deal of developmental brand. Like these people will be giving these spots. And I remember you talking about why, like, don't people, you remember you say this and I, uh, I feel like you were right. putting this out that like, we shouldn't look at Alistair black versus Lars Sullivan at, I think it was Brooklyn or where was it? Uh, that was Chicago. I believe Chicago. You're right. Chicago. We shouldn't look at that as, you know, they're not, you know, oh, this is first title defense. So what they got Alistair doing, it should look at it as, look, man, this is actually going to really be developmental in any, and even have any shred of it looking like developmental. And we need to have matches like this because look where we were for, you know, three and a half years ago with, with takeovers. And it was like, you know, when it was filled with people that, you know, the Corbins of the world, the Charlottes of the world, the Bailey, Sasha, people that didn't have names outside of, you know, or didn't have this long track record of doing stuff all around the world, like someone like yeah. Becky had uh, going out there fighting freaking, uh, <laughs> uh, well, what's her name? Uh, Kimura, uh, Kiona Kimura on, in ja- on these Japanese shows. Have you ever seen young Becky Lynch, by the way? I haven't, no. She's a string bean. <laughs> she is She is so pathetically skinny. Like, she, like it, anyway, so the point is like, all these people that like developed and became like, you know, the linchpins or, or some of these people that are important people on WWE over the last few years on the main roster, like that came from quote unquote, nothing like they, they even have some long track record. Like they're not dead ring. They're not dead ringers like a ricochet or, yeah. or even Adam Cole or, or red dragon or whatever else. Like these are people that, you know, has some going for them, but they're here. Like, so like right now we kind of really only have like, I guess for lack of, you could say Shayna. Even though Shayna had, you know, did start them, did start them runs, did shimmer. You you could say Shayna and, and and then Velveteen. Like that's really pretty much kind of it. Like because you know Riddle, Riddle's in a vault. Riddle, you know, Riddle's a ringer. Like, he, weekends. He's a yeah. yeah, he's a ringer. Like you know, he's a bad kept secret that like they were kind of keeping contacts on him and con and no, you know kind of help guiding where his career was going. But like at the same time, like. 
he, he I saw that match with Osprey, right? Like, yeah, that's yeah. a ringer. Like, I, was, like, I saw that dude wrestle. I saw that dude wrestle like I believe it was John Davis, like in Tampa, uh, yeah. in front of like a hundred fifty people. Right? You were with us, and right. and it was like that guy's a fucking superstar. Like, right. <laughs> like right. so yeah, like he was out here doing blood sports. Like that's not that's not you know he's already a name on the on the independent scene. Like that's not he's doing. I believe was he doing PWG? Yes. Yeah, so yeah, once you do PWG, you ain't no WWE guy. Like, I mean, like you're not know somebody they found like down in the rough and cultivated. Like, yeah. there are a few, there are some of those, but like Riddle ain't one of them. Yeah. Especially in none of I really don't see any of those people that did uh, PWGs as, as that either. Um, hard transition. So we've got uh, Brian. We got a couple more things on the sheet here. You got Dan Bryan and Kofi Kingston's match becoming official um, for the Fast Lane pay per view. It's not WrestleMania. But uh, it is fast lane. Uh, they're going to be having a contract signing this week. Kofi Kingston got the pin over Daniel Bryan to essentially restart the feud again on SmackDown last week. Uh, Shane Man made the announcement, and Kofi is getting his f- first one-on-one championship match ever, I believe, on a pay-per-view. And Kofi Mania took over Twitter last uh, last week, and yeah. it was so good to see. I've seen, uh, you know, folks talk about, you know, he's not believable. He's not all these other things, but, and it's more of a function of what WWE has been and where they've kept him. Uh, and uh, I think this is like the, this is such a great story already. Like this is this, this fucking veteran that has been around for all these years and never got a shot. James, movies are written about shit like this. Yeah, Cinderella Man, right? Like, <laughs> yes. So it's like I, I feel like I'm seeing a great story already. Yeah, and also part about like uh, it's not believable. It's like I mean, if you want to do the whole not believable thing, then like, how about we do this? Put Kofi and have him stand next to uh, stand next to Daniel Bryan. Then tell me, tell me it's not believable that he could beat his ass. <laughs> no, I'm not saying like a physical fight, but like he's bigger and taller than him, and he just is. He has not as much experience, but like he's a experienced veteran. Has been I in think WWE the for, pancake dude for over a decade. He's been a multiple time. He like he's done everything that there is to do in WWE, but win that title or but win a top title. So what are we talking about? Like I, and, I, he's, I, and he's a babyface versus the heel, like. It's all there for an underdog story. It's all there for a, you know, um, you know, career defining thing. And then you throw in like, you know, this whole week of spectacular performances. Like, that's why it's all there. Like, I don't know how, and I don't think people do this, but like, I don't, I see that like Seth Rollins was once the WWE champion. They had a six month run with the title roughly. Yeah. Um, But you look at where he was before the gauntlet match. And then you looked at where he was after it. And then before they got into the whole situation with bringing Ambrose back and restarting the shield, let's not talk about that part. Let's talk about just how <laughs> popular, let's just talk about how popular he was, you know, um, during that whole spring and into the early summer. And, you know, they more or less recaptured that in, in the quicker session, except with Kofi. And it's like, yes. Um, if you, Seth is far higher on the totem pole than than, than, than Kofi, um, but it's only Kofi's, because you made Kofi it like has, that. Kofi has the time, yeah, right. But I'm not saying I'm not saying that as like a bad thing. I'm saying yeah. like 
but Kofi also has a thing of he has all the time of being a person that's come to all of these fucking small ass rinky dink towns for for, for a whole decade, <laughs> and um, you know they've been everywhere, and people have come to see him, and he's always been like this this career baby face people have always loved, and you look at like the amount of respect that people have for him in this business, and uh, and inside that company, and the amount of respect the fans give him to where like. Aside from, you know, like the only time in life he was in danger of becoming like he fall into that, you know, Dolph Ziggler role, like he broke out into New Day and New Day like took him to a new heights in his career as far as selling merchandise and all this other stuff. So like, yes, for someone who's watching it for what it is and say that like, yeah, it seems like his overnight deal, uh, overnight deal, but like, yeah, but I get that. But, but like, if you decide to take a more of a macro approach from it, like, this is really like yes for right now based on where he was before doing being in a um a contending tag team or contending tag team fashion to where he is now like yes I understand that feels like it's overnight success but this is really the over this is like overnight success that has been like eleven years in the making right so once you look back at that like yes he's absolutely somebody that especially because he got himself fucking hot which is all that really fucking matters like. Yes. When will people learn this? Get a title match pay per view. Like, like I'm not saying she will even win the title, but if they did, I wouldn't care one way or the other. But like, it's like when when will people learn? Like, all that matters is that you are hot or over. This is like like there's no reason to try to figure this out. There's no reason to say why it won't work. Once it's working, you fucking do it. Like, (laughs) like you can make an argument like Hulk Hogan Hogamania should never work because he can't get. He's not a good because. Especially back then in that era, it's like it's it's fucking it's the fucking early eighties, and he's bigger than everybody he's wrestling. So how can I get somebody to buy in and and, and actually want to, you know, believe treat him like he's Robert Gibson when he's working for underneath and in, in, in all his matches? Yeah. And then sure enough, Hulk Hogan literally works for underneath and then overcomes out of a super hole, points you, gives you a big boot and a and a and a uh, atomic leg drop for a three, and they sell out the entire country for like the next decade, roughly, right? <laughs> like that wasn't supposed to work because he's too much bigger than the than the hills he's fighting all the time, except for like Andre, right? Yeah. So like there are, there are, these rules Bundy. are not rules. These rules aren't rules. They're guidelines. They're like, look, it's just meant history, to be like, we don't fucking... think things can work because X, Y, or Z. And then like you try them because someone's over and then you go from there. And then if things don't work, you can always rein it back towards following, try to try follow that guideline. Like that's all that, that's, they're not rules. Like there's no such thing as always and never when it comes to why things will work or don't work. It's always a probably maybe not look at the history and I'm not, and well, I'm not I've saying seen that this shit be before. Like, right. Like, when we talk about why things don't work or whatever, we just like, look, man, like, yeah, I mean, it. And that's why I can, know? like, tend to, like, spot shit early. And then I'll be like, I'll jump out the fucking window and be like, this is bullshit. They shouldn't be doing this. Like, when they reunited Team <laughs> Hell No, I was like, this is a death knell, essentially, for <laughs> Daniel Bryan as a baby face. Like, and what did it turn out to be, James? A death knell. But the thing is, right. They were the crowd was super into it when they came back, but like if it actually started working out for the better, right? And they actually regained that that 2012 magic. Well, you have been like, it still it, it shouldn't have worked. Or he was like, well, I mean, the talent overcame the, the decision or whatever else, right? That's pretty much what it would be, right? Right. So when it comes to the thing with um with Kofi and people not believing it, it's just like you know he has the talent to overcome this, right? Or maybe you don't you don't buy his talent even though you've seen him in your face for 11 years, which is like, if you've seen him in your face for 11 years, you've seen the matches he's had for, for 11 years. I don't know how you think he can do this, but whatever. Um, 
it makes me question some things, right? Uh, so I, I, it's just a title shot. We're not saying he's gonna win the title, and even if he did, it's like, like they haven't made Daniel Bryan to be some unbeatable champion. Like he survived he his lost, last match like... because, uh, because Rowan came out there and and fucking cheated to help him win, and he did kick AJ Styles to get the title to begin with. He's a heel. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's not like fucking uh, Randy Orton or, or fucking uh, Triple H is the champion or something or, like that. It's not. It's not like it's Samoa Joe's the champion, and they made and they actually booked him up to like the level that he's been at as far as his promos or whatever else. It's not like that. Like if if Samoa Joe's his dominant heel champion, I'd be like, yeah, I can see why you'd be like, no, like no, they made Brian Ali beatable. Yep. Um. <laughs> so, yeah, man. Uh. Yeah. Brian versus Kofi Mania. So, uh, Kofi Mania greater than Hulkamania. And that tweet took the fuck off. Um, I mean, either way, regardless of whatever happens, I would just believe. I don't know where they go with this, but, like, I just know that, like, I'm pretty sure they're going to have a great match because they had had a great gauntlet match. Uh, The beginning of that gauntlet match, they had a great end of uh, Elimination Chamber. So between those two and their two PhDs in pro wrestling, I think they'll be. I think they'll be fine. They'll right? be fine. Like um, I think now, we're looking at like four and a quarter at minimum. So yeah. Now once we move on from there and go on to WrestleMania, like regardless of whatever happens, like they need to come up with a reason for. They need to come up with something for the New Day to have a position. New Day slash Kofi to have a position. Have a match at WrestleMania that that not necessarily as a headlining match, one of the anchor matches, but like something that matters and they actually get a W as opposed to what's happened to them at WrestleMania 32 when they fucking lose to the League of Nations. Yes. Or, and, they, and, then at the, and after like the old guys come and clear out the league, the, the big bad heels, they, uh, Austin fucking embarrasses a lot. Stun, or, uh, stuns Xavier. Xavier. Or stunner. Yeah, right. And make them complete fucking goofs and then not like get fucking squashed by the Bludgeon Brothers like they did last year. Or they're the host of WrestleMania the, the year in between that. Like, yeah. they need an actual, uh, actual match to culminate the fact that, like, they have been these gigantic merch sellers or to actually, like, to go and to signify and, and, and actually, like, in, according, in accordance with the level of merch they sold for this fucking company for the last five years, roughly. So that's what needs to be. All yeah. this other shit, like, or, or four and a half years, whatever you want to call it. Like, we... They have ele- this thing has elevated the new day and Kofi brand, so it needs to, the brand, the, the act, so it needs to move up, um, and be treated as such like how they should have been treated years ago. Yeah, and, and if not, I'm gonna have some questions. So, and yeah. I already know what it's gonna be. And it's, yeah, and it's questions that we've always had. Yep, if you've listened to this have. show for uh, any amount of time, <laughs> you know yeah. exactly what the fuck we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, so, last couple things I get to. Uh, we've got two different movies. Um, you know, we we kind of bundled the Lacey Evans discussion into the NXT thing. But if you have not heard quickly, supposedly after Ronda's done. Lacey Evans is being positioned as among the big three in WWE with Charlotte and Becky Lynch. Yes. A regular. What? Hold on. Hold on. Just a bit. Like you think of 1997 WWE and you think of a big three, you think of Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, and The Undertaker, right? Yes, and then you, and then you can think of like okay, so the early or the early like the holy, odds, like the, like the holy trinity was once uh, John Cena, CM Punk, Daniel Bryan, right? So you think of like uh, the holy trinity of WWE, like for the women's division anyway. Like once they wind down this Ronda thing or whatever, so Ronda wants it. That won't be WWE, it'll be Ronda that wants it down. And careful, like, James, okay. you're talking about Ronda's vagina. Careful. 
I said when she, I didn't even mention him. Tonight, I said when she, when she went to jail. Neither did, neither did Melzer. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, like, I mean, look, I don't care if she wants to start a family or not. If she wants to, uh, we're just led to believe that she wants to, that she wants to call it, or she wants to be wind it down after WrestleMania at some point or soon thereafter. I don't care if she wants to go home and smoke dope. I don't care. <laughs> that ain't got shit to do with me. Right. Um, but the, the moving on from there. Um, <laughs> so you think of, you know, as you mentioned, the Daniel Bryan, CM Punk, uh, John Cena, the Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, right? Uh, <laughs> John Cena, Batista, Triple H. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So now you move forward to this for this first piece for the women and you go to, uh, <laughs> you go to now, and for the women, it's like we're finally gonna have ourselves a whole trinity of three people that are over whatever to carry the division, and two of them have absolutely carried the division and carried this company for the last uh, five months of the year, right? And you get like so, Becky Lynch comes to the front line. You are absolutely part of the Holy Trinity. Yes. Charlotte Flair, absolutely. Like we, we look, this is all we've ever wanted from you ever since the first time we ever laid eyes on you. <laughs> right? This was uh, yours. Yeah, uh, <laughs> for you to be this, you look, and not only is it something that like that we wanted it for you, you actually went out there and you went and go, you went and got it. Congratulations, right? We're, we're excited for you. Congratulations, Charlie. You're part of Holy Trinity. And then you hear the third person is Lacey Evans. <laughs> like, like nigga, what? Like. <laughs> Lacey Evans. Am I am I being swerved here? Look, Lacey Evans. Look, the one that they won't even let wrestle on TV. <laughs> that that having dark matches with Natalya on main event. That Lacey Evans. The one that fucks up every move she does at the beginning of the Royal Rumble. That one. Yes. <laughs> My God. The Lacey. one. The one that's like the the ninth or tenth best woman in NAC oh, when she man. was there. Her. Are we yeah. sure, James? But say again? I said, are we sure? <laughs> I mean, look. Um, this company. This, this is the thing, right? Oh, my God. I, this uh, this how I always feel when it comes to, uh, or this is how I usually feel when it comes to uh, places that I believe to be, um, peop- if this is merit-based, right? Yeah. If this were if. merit-based. Um, if we lived in a world where this was merit-based, and it well not merit based but like more merit based right because nothing's a, nothing is a pure meritocracy like even sports teams they have their political agendas and oh yeah see see right? see clutch sports go ahead yeah oh I mean as far as running a team even right like me oh, too yeah, like don't like like don't play uh don't play <laughs> player X because he's better than player Y because player Y has as a uh, is younger has a cheaper contract so he's trying to try and get this old dude to fuck up out of here and try to run him right like. It's kind of yeah, like it's the reason why like they got rid of Drew Brees to uh, to Roma Phillip Rivers, even though both of them are, turned out to be Hall of Fame quarterbacks. It's like we're going over to do on a rookie contract, supposed to be having to pay this dude uh, that you know that money that he's owed for playing underneath you know less than his contract on a rookie deal, right? That's the reason why most holdouts are is like you're not they're not paying to get paid what they're owed. They're trying to get back pay for what they were getting underpaid for the first few few years of their careers or whatever. Anyway, yeah. it's a long long search. So. If this were more of a merit-based thing, right, as opposed to they were just picking people for that shit, as you as you poetically call it, right? Eloquently, <laughs> uh, they, uh, they pick dudes for this and, shit. And they, yeah, they pick folks for this shit. So, um, you can say, you know what, um, Lacey, uh, she has like we talked about her, like she has some, she's she's a good athlete. Um, we think we can do certain things with her, whatever else, but, um, 
when there's a Naomi, a Asuka, a Mandy Rose, a Sonya Deville, a Ruby Riot, a uh, you know uh, Sasha Banks, Bailey, Natalia, uh, Mickey James, Alexa Bliss, um, Tony Storm, Rhea Ripley, uh, Jenny, Bianca Ming, Belair, yeah, Bianca Belair, Io Shirai, Kyrie Sane, Dakota Kai, like Candice LeRae. Uh, once you have that kind of uh, that kind of talent you're up against, it's like okay, oh, okay. So like you basically have picked somebody for a slot, and then like by hella high water, they're like they're gonna get there, right? And then like and if the fans with it, cool. If they're not, fuck them. Oh, well, right. Like I'm not saying the same thing because it's it's, uh, it's totally unfair to the person I'm about to compare it to this, but uh, we do have a new IWGP champion, and. Um, <laughs> And he's a lot more talented than, than Lacey is. How, uh, but like you look at that slot for like we need okay Kenny Omega's gone, so we need a new top Gaijin. And then he's like, all right, well, I yeah, clown that well, Ty Dillinger well, should go to Japan. Anybody white should be going to Japan right now. They might just put the IWGB title on you. J White privilege. Right? Look, remember, remember, remember what I said on the on the thread. I was like, look, man, that man coming to IW, that man come out there and end up on the, in the G one. That man, look, I'd be like, look, MSG show. I mean, obviously, you know, you got I'm not accounting for. I'm it's like, imagine there's no uh, ninety day uh, yeah release, right? I got you. There's no ninety day period. We're like, all right, New Japan show, uh, MSG, J for US title. <laughs> you got you got Ty Dillinger. Or the perfect ten, or whatever he's gonna call himself, versus Juice Robinson, right there. That there's your U.S. title match, right there. Unbelievable. And they ain't like when I said that. They want to kick me out. But, <laughs> but like, it's just, anybody white, anyway, boy. <laughs> we got on to talk about their, their their whole thing, but yeah, like as far as uh, back to the lecture at hand, like you look at the compare the the Jay White thing is like. All right, you want a new top gaijin? Okay, cool. Like, um, you got Will Ospreay, who's one of the best five wrestlers in the world, bar none, or, or period. And you got uh, you got Saber, who works a style that means he's going to be reliable. He's not going to be hurt. He's not going to be you know he's not going to be hurt that often. You know, the, like he can have a big, he have a great big match, and then can still continue to be make dates in, in all these towns, yeah, whatever else. And he's also a great promo. And then you look at the the Jay White thing, and it's like, and it also he's also a heel, just like Jay White is. But it's like he's so far beyond Jay White that like you literally are telling Jay White to go, literally go learn on the job. And it's like, not only is that like not fair to the not not necessarily fair to the fans as far as they want to see the best product and your best foot forward. It's also unfair to the talent because you're heaping expectations on them that you are not sure that they can live up to and you're telling them to sink or swim when there ain't no need for trying to sink or swim. Y'all got plenty of talent to, to utilize to where that person can grow into that position to be ready for it, to be someone that's, you know, that person's now qualified and reached that point in this time and, and is ready as opposed to like, we got these people that are like, can they do it? I don't know. We gonna we we gonna see. Throw their ass into the water, or even though like, like they fit the characteristics. Swim. Like it's like Vince has like a casting for this role, right? He's like, yeah. I want a six foot tall blonde woman, like and and she happened to be the one that walked through the door. No, but the best that. thing is like, no, no, it's not. I want a six foot tall blonde woman. It's I want another six foot tall. Oh, blonde okay, woman. yes, yes, sorry. Because it's like you have Charlotte right fucking there. She's about to main event WrestleMania, like. But you need another one. 
Yeah. Another you need another one looks exactly like her. Okay. They got and, types. And they didn't pick the best t- uh, six foot tall blonde when they have in the uh, off key. That's not that's not Charlotte. It's Rhea Ripley who's, who's the NXT Women's Champion or NXT UK Women's Champion. And she's who, who's cons- light years beyond Lacey Evans. And I believe and she's younger, considerably younger, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Which means you have look, no not against Lacey, but. There's only a, you only have a window to, as an athlete to do this, whatever else, and it's not real. It is not legitimate sports. Therefore, you can have uh, you know Minoru Suzuki's in the world, even though he was a great athlete and a legitimate uh, street fighter. But like you have people you could wrestle into their fifties and whatever else, and you got even the guys that uh, even like the the guys in triple <laughs> in triple A and CMLL, like the older guys that are like in their sixties on Sundays, terrible matches, right? Oh, on Fridays and Sundays, it's still, but like. There's a window. She has more time in the window. She's already ahead of her. Like, what are the odds that, like, f- three years from now, like, Lacey Evans will actually be, like, as, like, what are the odds that three years from now we're not going to be like, what the fuck were they doing with Lacey Evans instead of Rhea Ripley at that time? Yeah. Right. It's like, we, and it's like, we don't have the, we, we're not clairvoyant. We don't have, like, foresight and know where things are going. Like, we're seeing this shit happening. So how come y'all don't, how come y'all don't see the same shit we're seeing? Um, and I, and by y'all, well, that, yeah, they I mean, are seeing something, James. No, no, and by and by, we're I mean like literally anyone has ever seen those two wrestle. They they are seeing something, James. They're seeing like their developmental. They're seeing the the image that they that they want to put out there. They're seeing they're just seeing like something with her. I don't know what you see in Lacey Evans that you don't see in Bianca Belair personally. But oh, oh yeah, that's another one. It's like and they're yeah, relatively I, the same age. I was just I was just comparing the I was just comparing the packages like because we were comparing packages like if you want to get into if you want to get into the real reason why it's why it's her instead of Bianca Belair we can it's quite fucking obvious but <laughs> but like I was just comparing like okay you, this you want a toy that looks like this so I'm right. going to compare the best thing you the best thing you have uh, in the store that looks like that and exactly. it's real. And Riz, you know, but if you want to do the Bianca Belair, we, if you let me look, know, we can go into look, it. Look, we, you know. we can do it. Because, like, like if, okay. you, if you look at, like, Lacey Evans, right? I, I just looked it up. She was born in 1990, right? Um, she's 28 years old. Uh, I want to say Bianca Belair may be 29 years old, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Right? So they've been in developmental at the same amount of time. Yep. They debuted in the main May Young Classic. Yep. Same, the first one, same year. Yep. They, Bianca Belair has actually gotten over to an extent in NXT. Yep, I'll, not even to an extent. She's gotten over. She was over before she even had the match at Takeover Phoenix, but now she's even more over. So, but so yeah. Let, um, uh, like she, if you go back and watch uh, the match that she had with uh, Deanna Perrazzo at Brooklyn for the pre-show, she's over there. Right. Yeah. Bianca Belair is exactly the same age as me, James. She was born on the same day as me the same year so she's gonna be 30 uh coming up in april so why are we wasting time there i mean who knows (laughs) who knows whatever they reason for i mean other than the fact that like well she actually got over nxt so let's give her a run or she's gonna have a run and granted like look she's still far 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 more advanced and like um or far beyond like uh i'm not saying far more but she's still well beyond you know, like the Mandys and Stonias who are competent, who are competent or even like someone or, but compared to Lacey, it's like, this ain't even a competition. Like, 
I don't know how you watch either both of those people wrestle at the bag and come to conclusion like, yeah, they're in the same league. No, not at all. Like Bianca's always been better than her. Yep. And then uh, you talk about like the, the athleticism. We, we want to talk about athleticism. We want to talk about somebody like Lacey Evans has a unique look. Oh, you can't tell me Bianca Belair doesn't have a unique look. Yeah, about unique. I mean, literally the word unique is opposed to some euphemism for, you know, you know, oh, a taller blonde white woman. Like, <laughs> she, she, like she's like, she's like, you know, as opposed to like the 40th uh, blonde woman, like we have, she's, she's, she's a, she's a tallest one. She's the second tallest one. Um, as opposed to like, you know, that picture that they took at, at evolution, like really like lays it out for you. Right. Where it's like, it's, um, it's, it's Alicia Fox. It's, uh, it's Naomi. It's Sasha, Sasha Banks. It's uh, it's Bianca and it's, it's one of Ember. the Ember, and Ember, right? Like that that picture stood out. Like this, like these are the black women you have, and then like you throw in like you know, um, you throw in someone who I did. You throw in like uh, Lacey Lane, who's not on TV right now, but is like in who's has a she's on the Largo Loop, yeah, Lar- Largo Looper, or um, me M or someone like or that, me, or yeah, or me M, right? And it's like. Who's feeling? You know, I ain't gonna get into the phenotype. I ain't gonna t- touch it. I'm just gonna leave that word. Like, yeah, she, whatever. Look it up. You know, whatever. Like, look, me, me is black, but I'm not going on. I'm not getting into that right now. But you got, you got that, and like that's that, that about it, right? Yeah. I mean, Bianca's it. You want to talk about unique? Who the fuck looks like that? Who the fuck talks like that? Right. Like and then you talk about the athleticism thing. Like she's like she is legitimately the best athlete in WWE. Like she's called the EST for a reason. Like this shit ain't a gimmick. Like, like, <laughs> like you know, this is real life. But I don't think people. <laughs> this is real life, James. Like I think people understand like how ridiculously um, exceptional um, NBA players are. For example, like as far as like no man, like think of like the best shooter you ever met in your life. And you're if you're just a normal normal human being walking around and has ever played basketball, think of like the best basketball shooter you ever seen. Think of the best ball handler you ever seen. Think of the best the best athlete you ever seen, generally speaking. Um, and then like add all that up, <laughs> add all that up, and that's what and, and that's what all 450 NBA players are, except they're like fucking six seven or taller, right? Right. They're right. all like six three, six anywhere between like six feet to seven feet, right? <clears throat> so they're all these they're doing this while also being fucking gigantic. That's how special they are as athletes. Like to be an all to be an all ACC track uh in, in track and field, like you are a freak. Like and and at Tennessee, which is also like a, a a track program that is um that has a kind of a national um that has national recognition amongst track, like she like yeah like you if you whole like, thing is like, if you oh, talk about a big three this, it, it, just what they've given us like like what what did, what they see in Lacey Evans they talking about a background or whatever they right. they want to talk about you know the athleticism the uniqueness right. the fact that you know this they're not saying this but we know what it is that she comes from the performance center right so it's like all right compare all that to Bianca Belair and it's like Bianca Belair also came through the PC was found and look was found by Mark Henry or was discovered quote unquote discovered by Mark Henry right yeah um and, and decided to try it out um 
the, the backstory of being all they see and all the help, just the backstory of her family and the story that she told um that she that she gave in the promo the hormones building her up um NXT talking about like how her dad was like the first how or sorry, her her granddad was like the first black electrician uh, electrician in North Carolina or something like that yeah. like that's a great story like she comes from she, she comes from this great family uh she was a great athlete uh. You know, she kind of lost. She kind of lost her way after after that, and then like now she's doing this, and like this is new her new passion. Like it's a great story. Like this is when we talked about how like, how bad these stories are for the women. How these aren't these aren't people. These are characters. Yeah. <clears throat> and like that's another one of these things where like they did all that NXT. Like the grounds were done. You could retell that in, in, in um in, in the main roster. And you and honestly look. They talk about all this story that and, and the story of uh, Lacey Evans and look. They ain't I, talking about none of that shit right exactly. now, James. They ain't talked about none of it. They haven't done anything to get over. It. And also, like they also got a playing heel, which is like okay. So well, that's gonna be a great way to get over, like you know, a marine. Like yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> like that doesn't sound like like this is. Like they're picking somebody for this shit. They're they're saying they want to use her as a crossover star, and we know what crosses over in this country. Uh, no, 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 no. We know what crossover means for them. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, and and it's and it's awfully Aryan. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, like you look at where like it's amazing that um what they still consider mainstream, but it's like but it makes all sense in the world because. Look who's behind, look who's running the company. Like exactly. people always talk about, like you know, they're always X amount of years behind what the mainstream is, whatever in WWE. And you see it is like okay, so NXT. No, not look. NXT is great. It's the best thing WWE uh, has ever done for for a long extended stretch of time ever. But listen to their soundtracks, listen to their music. Right? Yep. I I, n- I never feel like I'm like a part of that. Like ever. Like that's why I, I can watch something like MLW and be like, I love the presentation. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and, and all this stuff is just like you know stuff around it. It's not the actual you know the, the, that is the stuff that's around there. That is the sizzle around the steak, right? Right. Um, but that's just the aesthetic choices. It is like, all right, like you come out here and you play this metal, this heavy metal. And I'm wrong. Like Triple H has great taste in, in metal, right? I've said this to you before. Like, yeah, look, man, like this is a person that clearly like grew up on Metallica and like that is clearly like. Uh, what has informed his, his, what 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 goes to his mind for what he wants for his his um his metal music sound like like that's absolutely like uh, Lars theme music the War, War Raiders uh, theme music yeah. that's absolutely shit that I would have heard like when I was go- when I was going and work lifting weights and workout sessions during football season right mm-hmm. when I got when I have an SNC, a white SNC with a ball ahead and a goatee absolutely right <laughs> so that's absolutely it but um you look at you know, this is supposed to be was new, or this is supposed to be more um, with uh, what what is going on in actual like you know the pop culture sphere, or whatever else. Like, there has never been a there has never been like you know a heavy a heavy rap influence or whatever else or flat flat out. There's never been a heavy black influence on the product. And I mean, you look at the layout of the roster composition demographically, and you're like I, I get that to some extent, but. Look at the viewership. Look at the um, look at the consumer base. Like, like, and you look at what is selling musically. Um, that too is like, all right. Go look. Ever since it got, ever since like you know, pirating has gone down because of the rise of streaming. Look, look, look at, at what's number one. Look at the no. Look at the hot one hundred. Like, 
over before it used to be where it's like you know it it, it was it looked real lily out there and yep. now look at the top 100 and it's like all you see is drake and Kenny lamar and 21 savage and whoever else or whatever else um and it's Cardi like B, and, Nicki, and, Nicki minaj whoever else and the thing about and, that james it's like it's not black folks that's putting those people there exactly that's my point like the streaming is people that like that is the streaming is telling you that everybody listening to this shit this ain't just you know when he's throwing the body said oh that's just what they listen to and then there's this perverse um or maybe there maybe this was the case or not maybe this, this was the case 20 30 years ago as far as like the nwa and the virus the virus in nature of oh my god like these neighborhoods are that I never go to are super dangerous and listen to these stories and they're oh my shooting God, and killing like, each other they, on every block. <laughs> right, 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 right. As opposed to now where it's like, look, man, all of that talk and stuff like that's all that, like that still happens, but oh yeah, there's actually is a legitimate like love of that art form and, or, and also these musicians and also that music uh, that's from, that comes from this culture and it's to the point to where, like, it has now been the number one genre of the youth and of pop culture for over 20 years. So, you know, maybe, and then you look at, like, where rock music has, you know, since, the, since like, the new metal wave of, like, you know, Limp Bizkit, Korn, uh, Linkin Park, like, Ever since that run, they've never had any sustained run of that. That's what it is. It's like it, 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 it like it's like okay, I know what's going on, and I know what's I know what's happening. But like y'all are smart in this. Like y'all should know what the what the heartbeat of or not the heartbeat. Y'all should know what like uh, what's moving the culture. What we always talk about was moving the culture. Yeah, and I don't mean like. And I, and I don't even mean the culture. I mean, it's like the, the whole entire music industry is all on this right now. And it's been on that for almost half a decade now at this point, ever since streaming <laughs> came, kicked in. And y'all still are out here with this metal? Okay. All right. And then you wonder, and then you wonder, like, I mean, you start thinking this stuff, and all this stuff ties in. It's so like, look, they have slots, in a, and it seems like a quota for X number of whatever else, uh, of, you know, of, 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 a certain type of people, but they only want to, and this also ties into Kofi Mania, why people, I think, like, people only, like, feel that kind of way about, like, why is he, you know, why are people, this makes no sense, so why Kofi would ever, you know, win the title. And it's that like, makes perfect sense. Like, like if this was any, if there was sense, any other 11-year veteran that has been around yeah. selling all this merch, we have a direct comparison for them in The Shield, right? We have three right. motherfuckers that all... Not, we, oh, wait, wait. Not even the direct comparison, but, like, it's so direct of a comparison that they decided to do the match to open up Survivor Street 2017. Correct. And it was like, these are the two dominant forces of this era. Like, you can bring your wife, family shit up the tree, and I'm going to throw it right back at you and exactly. say it ain't on none of these guys' levels. So, it's only the the way you want to see it. Like, like, and if you if you put your yourself in, you know, the shoes of someone like James and me, well... Well, we're looking like, okay, this person is, has this resume, has been around this long. Where the fuck is his opportunity? Right? Yeah. And, and it's then like. Also tie back, right? And also tie it back. Like, you look at what they're what this thing looks like for Lacey Evans, and then you talk about a unique story, athlete, or unique story, athlete, mother. Uh, and, you know, the, the look or whatever else. And it's like, this person um, right now has all of that 
and then some. So what are we talking? What are we really talking about here? Yeah. And and the thing is, frustrating is like these are conversations that only like um, that people are going to have. These conversations are going to be happening outside WWE, but it's never going to be a conversation that happens inside of WWE amongst the people that are actually like booking the shows and whatever else. Like maybe there are people that are about to pound on the table for Bianca and pound on the table for Kofi and pound on the table for whoever else, right? Sasha Banks, another notable, another person isn't person that's been, ugh. but, but like it never, for some reason, like the people that bang on these tables or whatever else, all that they doing is banging and they never ever get heard apparently. Yeah. And that's part of the thing is like, all right, like why can't someone like Andrade, like why is Andrade, he's there to basically have great matches and he does have great matches, but it's like, shouldn't these great matches mention mean something? And then they do the Ray thing. And it's like, okay, this is, this is like, where's that? But then ultimately like he comes out next fucking week and he, he has another great match. and does a job for a new guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, it's, it's just, it's strange with this whole Lacey Evans and, you know, being her literally having a doppelganger essentially yeah. uh, over in NAC, just hanging out. No, another one, right? So, uh, we talked about this, and this also ties into uh, Tuesday show. Um, when Charlotte, or sorry, when Becky broke her nose, or got her nose broken by, by Naya, and she did the whole story about, like, I'm out of time, so I have to pick my opponent for Ronda. And she faces goes face to face with everybody. There's Sonya and Man in that ring. There's uh, Naomi in that ring. There's Carmella in that ring. There's Charlotte in that ring. Uh, there's the Iconics in the ring, which is laughable. Um, and they go by everybody. Charlotte, who you know, Charlotte is a cream of the crop. Like I don't know who wouldn't want to see those two have a singles match, and they did, and it was great. But move on, move on. Besides point, she goes face to face to everybody, meaning more or less like a. It's almost like being like a dial for the fan to like do the do the. Uh, it's, it's like a rap well, battle. Like, what, like, what, like what is how you used to call it? Oh, the survey says. Survey right? says, yeah. He was out here surveying people going face face to each other. Every time she stopped on somebody, that means like it's time for you to give your reaction. Almost like we judging the response. And then they got to Oscar, and Oscar, who they had, you know, they buried six feet under with the whole that whole spring after she uh, lost her undefeated streak with the dumb shit with Ellsworth and Carmella. Um. And there were, people were still behind her. That was the last ever anyone was by by a country mile. Like maybe probably twice as loud as they were around Charlotte. And they ended up picking Charlotte. I don't blame them. But like for somebody to uh, to have that kind of response, even though they've gotten to be that much more over than their push, and then she wins the title, and then she taps out the, and then you give her something by making her tap out the the hottest act in the company. And then you take her off TV for three weeks, and then she bring her back, and she fucking and she fucking does a, a dumbass baby face job to to Manny Rose. It's like with, with, with the excuse of it being you, you ain't you with, ain't learn shit. With the excuse of it being oh they need to set up a program. Y'all wouldn't do this shit to Ronda. Y'all wouldn't make her yeah. lose a damn non title match like an idiot. Right, and it's also like you want to talk about the we need to set up a program. Okay, have her go beat the rest of the comp- the rest of the field of challengers. Right, then. exactly. It ain't that hard. I don't know why this doesn't ever enter in um, folks' brains. Um, but, yeah, there, there's so much more to get to with um, the Bianca and uh, Lacey Evans thing. I'm sure we can do that another week, Oh, too. we can do this forever. Like, I mean, um, look at the New Day, for example. Just, like, just look at the New Day. Just look at them. Look at the look at the New Day and the Usos food. They had the best food in all 2017, and then they run it. And, then and they, no one talks about it. 
like it wasn't like like, i don't think i feel like you know we had to like amplify like our voices like it with a fucking megaphone like jimmy hart to shout from the mountaintops like (laughs) this is some of the best work you people will ever see you have no idea how this is making like folks feel like and 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 they didn't ultimately they they didn't like you know try to use that to help build a uh, a division or nah, divisions, they, and they, they, they use that to try to get them to where like they can't separate each other, so they can like given how hot and how much people were into what they did over that over that sm- over that uh, uh summer that they can move turn it into. All right, we gotta move Usos to Raw. Um, it helps them because it can tighten some of the um some of the uh, Roman thing and kind of get Roman you know try to help Roman out at certain points. It also helps with storytelling because. Honestly, one of the best things they ever done with Roman was, uh, you know, the, the 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 club and AJ versus the Usos and and Roman. They didn't even do that. They just said, "All right, y'all had, you know, the greatest tag team feud probably this company's ever had. All right, we're just going to let you just stay there um, around each other, and then like, is and then we're going to play hot potato with the belt when like it's your turn, it's your turn, and then we'll have you plus the bar basically be the only three people that ever like, you know." to have fused with each other for the whole rest of the year because the Bludge Brothers got or the last six months. And that's where it is supposed to like we split this up and then bring come back to it later because and use the fact that they have did all this good work to try to elevate their brands. Like they did like they're doing this stuff on Raw the Raw Raw Tag divisions. And it's never gonna get over because ultimately at the end of the day it's still the revival who they killed for almost two years. Yep. And Gable and Rude, who just like they have as many great matches as they want, and they're going to eventually get the crowd. But like, they have yet to do anything to make it an actual angle to where they're actually like there's something to care about and feel or whatever. Yeah. Like, or as opposed to and the, Uso, the Usos on the New Day on that brand would have helped that because people care about these two teams because of the great work they did last year. All it's that great, all that great work was rewarded by them getting stomped the fuck out uh, at yeah. WrestleMania 34 in five minutes. Yeah. So yeah. keep that in mind. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, we went a little long. I guess we'll save the whole deal with the Page movie um, uh, and the Hogan movie for another week, or maybe we'll throw that on the Patreon uh, as a, like an overrun. We're a little bit deep, but thank you guys for um, listening to the show this week. Uh, lots of stuff to take away from this i think this i i would really be interested to see what people think about this you know lacey evans thing and why not bianca and honestly i didn't expect this to go this deep but like it because like, I, I like, like i was thinking really about obvious. it i've been i've been thinking about it for like ever since she came up i'm like so we picked lacey evans for this shit right but there's yeah. literally somebody else there with the same comparable resume that that beats her in every um yeah. You and know. it's not even necessarily a thing about necessarily about like I, I could we did the Ripley we did the the Ripley thing we did the the Bianca thing but like there are a few other women that they could they could have made you could have made the same you can come to that same conclusion with too yeah right like so yeah it's good luck with that God bless them yeah so uh, if y'all take it as a as a knock on Lacey Evans I mean you can take it but whatever like (laughs) like um but yeah man uh check out the rest of the shows uh here on the social suplex podcast network as well as our show over on lords of pain radio uh keeping it strong style with jeremy and josh all things elite the omega loop wrestling podcast grown men watch this shit uh in the ricky and clive wrestling show and 
uh, March 1st coming soon NXT then now and forever with James and rotating guests so uh, anything before we get up out of here, James? Yeah, yeah, that's not gonna be the name of it. It's gonna be called NXT Then Now Forever. There won't be no with James Boyd or none of that shit. It's gonna be NXT Then Now Forever. That's it. So don't, that's don't it. do that. Don't do that to me. Don't do that to me. We're like, you know, you know, James Boyd is on the front of the show. Don't like. Yes, but no. Like I'm not doing it. I'm not trying to carry it in that way. Like I'm trying to have, sit there and have discussions with you know some of my wrestling friends or whatever that I've met over the years and kind of have discussions back and back while going over some of these shows. That's all I'm trying to do. You try to make it like, you know, this is Solo James. It's absolutely you know, this not is, Solo James. This, this is not it. Y'all, y'all been wanting to get rid of me, you know? <laughs> all, all, all y'all that want to get rid of me? He's, you know, uh, this, here's your chance. So, uh, but nah, that's gonna that's gonna wrap the show up. Uh, I love fucking with James, giving him some shit. But uh, yeah, so check out everyone else on the network and visit our Patreon. Throw us a buck. So, uh, <laughs> we up out of here. Buy buy a One Nation Radio shirt. Them shirts are hard. Anyway, we up out of here. Later. Peace. Thank you for listening to One Nation Radio. We'll see you next time. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.